Hi, welcome to another episode of the Cold Fusion podcast, where I talk all things science, technology, business, or history. Instagram is perhaps the defining app of the last decade. And this makes sense because it was actually launched in 2010, unlike Facebook and YouTube, which were launched in the previous decade. While the term Instagram influencer usually doesn't conjure up the most stellar amount of respect, there's no denying that the app has had a meaningful impact on society. Everyone from Vladimir Putin to Ariana Grande and Prince Harry has an account, but it obviously wasn't always this way. How did two nerds from Stanford University make a billion-dollar company worthy of royals and presidents? How did Instagram start in the first place? How big is it? And what are some fun and interesting facts about the company? In this video, we'll find out. You are watching Cold Fusion TV. So as you could probably guess, the impetus for what would become known as Instagram was alcohol, specifically bourbon and whiskey. Well, you probably didn't guess that, but that was the original purpose of the app. In 2009, a 27-year-old man by the name of Kevin Systrom enjoyed his fine bourbon and whiskey a lot. So much so that he coded an app called Bourbon. The purpose of Bourbon was so that people could make plans, check into locations where there was good drinks to be had, and share photos. Although a Stanford University graduate, Kevin had no prior experience with computer science, despite his previous employment at Google. While working at another startup, in his spare time, he learned to code on nights and weekends. At this point, the Bourbon app was just a small side hobby, and Kevin wouldn't have thought much about it at the time. But as with most things that make a mark on the world, it's all about being in the right place at the right time. And in this, Kevin got lucky. A crucial turning point came in March of 2010, when Kevin attended a party. The party was for a Silicon Valley startup called Hutch. It was here that Kevin met two venture capitalists. He showed them the prototype of the Bourbon app and they were impressed. They all decided to meet for coffee to discuss the idea further. After the very first meeting, Kevin took a leap of faith and decided to quit his job to focus on bourbon. Within only just two weeks, he managed to raise $500,000 in seed funding from the venture capitalists he met at the party. With this money, he began assembling a group, and the first to join was Brazilian 25-year-old Mike Krieger. Kevin had first met Mike during their time at Stanford, and they'd kept in touch afterwards, so it was a simple decision for the two to work together. So now came the time to try and figure out how to make this bourbon app a hit. Although the app had check-in and messaging features, photo sharing turned out to be the most popular feature. Also, there were many other similar apps on the market, for example Foursquare. They needed to focus on just one aspect of the app and cut the rest. It was at this point that bourbon pivoted to become more focused on photo sharing with likes and comments. At this point, they would change the name to Instagram, a combination of instant camera and telegram. As the weeks wore on, the small team worked tirelessly to improve the photo sharing capabilities. 
In just eight weeks of adjusting the application, they offered it to their friends for a beta test. They ended up fixing bugs, and when they were satisfied, they decided to launch. It was showtime. Instagram was launched on the 6th of October 2010, and on that very same day, it turned into the top free photo sharing application, piling on 25,000 users. This was a total surprise, and shortly after, Kevin would take to the forum Quora to voice his excitement. Quote, We never expected the mind-boggling reaction that we've seen. We went from truly a bunch of clients to the number one free photography application in only hours. This growth only continued, and by mid-December, they had one million users. You have to remember that at this point, they were just a couple of young guys. Here's a quote from Mike to highlight that. One time, I woke up and there was an email saying that the site went down, and I was like, who fixed it? Shane, did you fix it? Kev, did you fix it? No. So apparently, at 3.30 in the morning, I somehow managed to, in a completely drunken state, revive Instagram. That's how much we were struggling in those days. Are you a success now? Have you made it? Or is this just sort of the beginning, just the opening uh, stages for at Kevin? Success for me was when my parents started using Instagram. I think that's all I really needed. Uh, the second you make something that uh, that your family loves and uses, uh, and I know how to use, and know how to use, <laughs> and use every day, you know. Um, but you know, professionally, obviously, we have a lot of growing to do. I think while well, 15 million is great, 150 million is better, and 500 million is even better. So, um, you know, we're at the beginning stages of our company. If we're going to build a hundred-year company, we've been around for a year, so it's the tip of the iceberg. Instagram's user base kept expanding, and investors soon took notice. By early 2011, the company was valued at $25 million. At this time, they added a modest staff. Jack Dorsey of Twitter tried to buy them out, but the $500 million price tag wasn't enough for co-founder Kevin. By March 2012, the application's user base had swelled to $27 million. In April, Facebook would buy them out for a billion dollars. The key arrangement was that Instagram would remain autonomous. And that brings us to the modern era where Instagram has become ubiquitous. Could you ever have dreamed being where you are today back then? No, I think we started, you know, knowing that we wanted to bring this out to the world, but this is kind of beyond our wildest dreams when we were getting started back then. I remember looking at Mike and being like, I think we're on to something. Meanwhile, he's stressing out trying to keep the servers up and he's like, maybe. <laughs> If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd just like to let you know about the Cold Fusion merch. There's phone cases, water flasks, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. And you can find it all at store.coldfusioncollective.com. That's store.coldfusioncollective.com. Okay, so back to the podcast. So before we finish off, what are some interesting and fun facts about Instagram? Well... In 2020, it's becoming less about influencers and more about businesses. For instance, 80% of user accounts follow a business on Instagram. 33% of the most viewed stories are from businesses. 200 million Instagram users visit at least one business profile every day. The biggest brand on Instagram is National Geographic with over 100 million followers. This is followed by Nike and then the NBA. There's been some criticism of the platform. The negative effects on body image among the young are at the forefront, 
As stated in my Facebook episode, comparison is the depletion of joy. In other words, when people see the amount of likes that someone has in their photos and they compare themselves to them, they end up feeling miserable. In an effort to combat this, in 2019, the company made the decision to roll out the removal of likes in certain posts. Now this next one's interesting. Surprisingly, 89.5% of all Instagram photos are posted normally with no Instagram filter added at all. Instagram is now estimated to be worth $100 billion. 37% of all adults in the United States use the platform. The company is still fairly lean and only employs 550 people around the world. So here's a question. Take a guess on what the most Instagrammed food is. You got it? Well, it's pizza. The most liked Instagram photo is an egg with a white background. The entire account called World Record Egg was created for the sole intention of getting the world record for the most number of likes, which was formerly held by Kylie Jenner. In a nod to its co-founder, Brazil has the second largest amount of Instagram users after the United States. Okay, so we're pretty much at the end of the video. So what ended up happening to our two founders? Well, in 2018, both founders would leave to pursue other projects. Though, Kevin Systrom is now a billionaire. According to The Guardian, he now enjoys fine food, golf, skiing, and holidays. Meanwhile, the other co-founder, Mike, actively takes part in philanthropy. So what's the main takeaway from here? What can we learn? If you are building something and you're not sure in which direction to go, you have to focus on strengths and try not to get attached to ideas that you love but may not sell well. Kevin loved bourbon and whiskey and thought that it was a neat idea to have a place where people could form a community around it. But when he saw that people were using the app primarily for photo sharing, he decided to pivot and cut the rest. And that was the decisive move. So I think everyone, you know, that starts a startup you deal with different scales, um, but you should always try to understand what you want your startup to be, you know, if it hits 300 million active users, right? And I remember talking with the folks really early at Twitter, and one guy specifically, and he was pitching, like, someday, you know, celebrities and artists are going to use this to communicate with their fans. And I remember thinking, yeah, right, there's no way that's going to happen. But the key insight there was they were thinking about it from day one. And for us, we've always wanted to create an open platform for visual media. So the ability to tune in to anywhere in the world at a moment's notice. So if there's something happening overseas, we want you to be able to tune in and experience that through images. So if there's a protest overseas, or if there's like, let's say the World Series is going on, or the World Cup, right? Or the Tour de France, or some big event happening overseas like the Tokyo earthquakes. We want you to be able to tune in to the world and see things in a way that you haven't been able to see them before. Okay, so that's all from me. If you did like this episode and would like to also purchase some merch, you can visit store.coldfusioncollective.com. And while you're at it, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook with the handle at coldfusiontv. And to watch the full videos of these episodes, head over to my YouTube channel, Cold Fusion. All right, so my name's Dagogo, and you've been listening to Cold Fusion, and I'll catch you again soon for the next episode. Cheers, guys, and thanks for listening.